0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys football club. How about you,
1: Cowboys! Yes! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin Cowboys, streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys world headquarters at the Star in Frisco.
2: Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Baird, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it and he bangs it into the touchdown.
1: And now, your hosts, Isaiah Standback, Patrick Walker. And Kyle Yeoman.
2: Hey, walk the, walk the guy with the 8-year-old daughter. Go 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 cow, cow,
3: oh, hey, we're here on Talking Cowboys. Welcome in to the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. It is a Talking Thursday here from the headquarters of the Dallas Cowboys. We're previewing the Dallas Cowboys and the Indianapolis Colts. It is week 13 of the NFL season alongside Patrick Nosey-Walker, Isaiah Stanback. We've got Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing?
2: Fantastic. I am. It's a little frigid out there, Kyle. A little bit of frigid, just for now. It's okay. Maybe just frantic in here a little bit. It's okay. Just for They're now. They're playing it the indoor. Yeah,
4: it'll, it'll bounce back tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow's probably... supposed to be back in the 70s. Is it? Is it really? It is. supposed to be back What's in the, the weather 70s for
2: this tomorrow. weekend? Um, it's
1: supposed to rain on Sunday.
4: Oh, yeah, that's stop
2: it. freaking grand there. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> we'll be back to. Th-
3: oh, I don't see any chance of rain on Sunday right now.
4: We'll be back to spring and I in saw December. that
0: yesterday on my phone. Oh, it
2: changed to up. Tomorrow.
3: I mean, look at it right now. Look it it's doesn't happen. cloudy it.
2: now. Heck yeah, Yeah, buddy. So. Don't trust it. Pre game live. <laughs> yeah. Don't you, don't <laughs> yeah, you rain don't, on our parade. Tex- don't
4: you get there. Texas weather.
3: Don't yep. you trust it. Uh, Pre game live. If it's going to rain, mm-hmm. we'll be inside the stadium. Either way. But if it's, it's going to rain, we're going to be out – or if it's not going to rain, we're going to be outside the stadium. So, of course, pray for no rain on Sunday. It's not going to rain. It ain't raining. Rain. Nope. It's not happening. Not working. We need,
2: need you all there. There you go. We need you all there with the signs and everything we're turning up.
3: Each Talking Cowboys sign that you see will be w- w- one of two things. It would be one a picture with Isaiah and myself. Mm. We will definitely take a picture. Patrick makes an appearance out there. Yeah. He'll take a photo mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We, we Absolutely. A, I'll,
2: I'll double down. How about we Absolutely. give a shout out of the person's name here? Deal. On the air? Deal. Mm. So there's the second thing. I like it. The third thing I, like I was going to say, like, Isaiah
3: would even sign your poster. Mm. He'll sign the poster. How yeah, about he will. that? Right.
4: Sharpie on the
3: You don't want our autographs, but Isaiah's yeah, actually means Isaiah, something. Yeah, nah, so nah.
4: he's a somebody. Nah, nah. Yeah.
3: But. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you out at AT&T Stadium, pregame live, 2 p.m. Central time. But get there early. Get in the plaza early. Get my own security. <laughs> yeah, you could get your own security out there. Thank goodness. You probably detail. need some security detail, huh? Yeah, to that's, that's,
4: that's, that's one way to spin.
3: Your yeah. own security detail. That's what it is. They yeah. want to protect you. You're, there you go. You're a high-valued asset. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> I could have made out another out joke of there, yeah. but I didn't do it. All right. Let's do some news and notes because we've got to preview the Colts defense against the Cowboys offense. Dak Prescott and company looking to try and continue some of the success that they've had each of the last two days. And they'll try and do so after we saw the first injury report of
4: the weekend Mm -hmm. yesterday. So the Cowboys... Coming off of their many buy, much much needed many buy, so mm-hmm. they could get rest and recovery from that illness, that virus that had made its rounds here recently in the building. So their injury list is greatly reduced over it was uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, but the illness bug has. Uh, sank its teeth into Trevon Diggs and Michael Gallup. Both were DNP, which did not participate on Wednesday. Both are expected to play, however. Um, There's obviously plenty of time between yesterday and Sunday's game. Um, So that's that's the silver lining, is that they both have plenty of time to rest and recover. um, But prepare for the possibility that one or both of them continue to be DNP this week as the Cowboys give them time to do just that. Anthony Barr with his reaggravated hamstring made some progress. He was back at practice in a limited capacity. J. Ron Curse and Demarcus Lawrence both joined him limited as well. J. Ron Curse obviously dealing with the shoulder injury, but he battled through that very same shoulder injury to amass nearly 60 snaps, 60 very effective and productive snaps against yeah. the New York Giants. Uh, and then, of course, by, many buy comes after that he should be a little bit better spoke with jaron on yesterday asked him hey you know flat out how are you feeling are you, you looking like you're a go for sunday and he said i'm a, i'm as good as i'm going to be in december and he said i'm i'm, I'm going to do everything i can to fight through it so but it's to your point yesterday isaiah in december who is healthy yeah nobody all right, so J. Ron Kerr sounds like he's going to be a go as long as there is no uh, there are no setbacks. And Demarcus Lawrence, uh, same foot issue that he's been dealing with along with the, the other bad foot and the bad left knee and the bad right knee and, you know. I think d is going to go, though, guys. Oh, yeah, he's going to go. I think he's going to play. He's going to go. He's been going at this point. <laughs> flipping, flipping to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, most notable would be obviously uh nickelback kenny moore ii who was did not practice an ankle injury suffered on monday night football against the steelers it does not look like moore is going to be able to go especially on a short week and that would be a massive loss huge loss for the coach secondaries. he so, did not look good in that game either when he hobbled off the field it right. was not no, it wasn't good if i'm not mistaken did did not they cart him back He hobbled off the field, but I think he rode the cart back to the locker room. You might be right. Uh, I'm pretty sure he rode the cart back to the locker room. Not off of the field, but back Mm -hmm. to the locker room. Yeah. Um, So if, in fact, he can't go, which is what it looks like, then a huge hole in the uh, secondary of the Colts defense. But uh, that's going to be news and notes for the day. Keep an eye on Michael Gallup and Trevon Diggs as it stands. Everybody on the Cowboys injury report is expected to play. I want to say, with the exception of Anthony Barr and the exception being, he did re-aggravate it recently. Let's mm-hmm. let's just let his play out and see when he actually gets back on the field.
3: Because he reaggravated it on that Saturday prior to the what was that The, game? Vikings.
4: the Vikings game. Yep. Yeah,
3: because he was going to go into his yep. home or his yep. former team. So. I mean, even with the mini-buy, that's less than two weeks since Correct. he's aggravated that, so that doesn't surprise me that they
4: want to take that slow. Correct. Is there a chance that he even pops up on the IR list, or is it a little too late for that by this point? I don't think they put him on IR, not not going into the month of December, because that would guarantee he's out for four weeks, Correct. Uh, and you, at that point, you wouldn't get him back into the end of December, mm-hmm. and then have to kind of, it wouldn't be a complete ramp-up process for the playoffs, because he's played this season for the Cowboys, but he wouldn't be in top form by then Uh, and they don't need the roster spot uh, particularly with the release of Terrell Basham a couple days ago Uh, James Washington's 21 day window got activated yesterday so if they make that move on Washington you got to see how Tyron Smith plays out effective next week bottom line is Cowboys don't need the spot so there's no pressure to move Anthony Barr to IR and they're just going to let it play out at this point
3: so a couple roster moves that will happen soon, I mean they'll pull up some guys from the practice squad, but you don't anticipate anything happening this week
4: with with Washington being completely or he's already been pulled up i ninety nine point nine 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 percent um Unlikelihood that Washington is going to be moved to the active roster. Like that's just I don't see how that's fallible. Um, I said it yesterday, and my eyes would be on Takaris McKinley is is on tack Mm -hmm. because they called him up. They elevated him from the practice squad on last, uh, well, the Saturday preceding, um, thanks or yeah, Thanksgiving, and but they registered him inactive. That still counts as a call up. So I think that instead of playing that game. They're just going to go right. They're just going to go ahead and, and activate Tack McKinley now. We'll see if that happens this week, but that's that's what my gut tells me. I like it. I like it a lot.
3: I like it a lot.
2: Decepticon.
3: Get him back into the fold. If with us, I mean, we're going to preview the Cowboys offense here, but I do want to talk a little James Washington. Mm-hmm. Can he add something to this offense? What does he add if he is available
2: and he is healthy? I think he's a possession guy, he's a physical physical receiver, if he's healthy. How is that different from what you have already? <clears throat> I think he is a more experienced Noah Brown. Okay. i probably put it like that. Just in terms of games. I know they're probably yeah. the same age. Yeah, same but age, but in terms of reps and actual on-field, in-game receiver reps, mm-hmm. uh, catches, all that jazz. I think James Washington probably has the edge on that one. Um, and So we've seen Noah Brown be effective. We know what he brings to the table when called upon. Mm -hmm. They haven't called upon him as of late, since really since Dak came up, they haven't called on him much. But uh, I think that James Washington adds that element to it. I don't expect him coming back to be the same explosive guy that he once was. Um, He was never utilized as that in in Pittsburgh because of so many guys that were around him. But he he possesses those capabilities Uh, here. I I foresee him being an inside guy that is a possession receiver that gives you just another option. And you
4: know what I loved absolutely loved about james washington coming out of ok state mm-hmm. um was his ability to go up and attack the ball mm-hmm. um in his time at ok state and and even those in the athletic department the fans at that at that point there was a lot of des to be seen in his game at that point the way he played he attacked mm-hmm. the ball violently which was kind of shades of michael gallup in that aspect um i think it would be interesting and, and i agree with isaiah i don't I don't foresee a situation where, whenever um, Washington gets on the field for the Cowboys, that he's instantly going to hit the ground running. I mean, this is a guy who needed um, some added time, added weeks to get over, to get past the mental part of it. And when he gets back at game, in the game, in that game speed, you're going to need more time to get back over that mental hurdle. But when and if he does get back to, you know. Prime James Washington form, which is not what we saw in Pittsburgh, but I'm talking about what we saw at Oklahoma State. Then it gives you a possession receiver who can also stretch the field. Yes, and and that's going to make it a lot easier for Michael Gallup to then stretch the field because that's one part of Michael Gallup's game that we haven't seen reappear just yet in his return in 2022. And I think it's because the Cowboys are great evidence on Thanksgiving they're using Michael Gallup as the possession receiver, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So if James Washington can come in and help in that capacity, it's going to free up Michael Gallup to kind of get down the field more. And then you can mix and match and say, okay, well, Gallup, this is your goal route. But then next time you can say, okay, Gallup, this is your possession route. Mm-hmm. And, you know, James, this is your goal route. And all the, the whole while you got CD doing CD things. So, you know, and of course, pink elephant in the room, Odell Beckham Jr. We'll see if the Cowboys can yeah. get him. But, and, and to that point, before I toss it back to you, for those that are wondering, The activation of James Washington's 21-day practice window has zero. Zero zero bearing on the Cowboys' pursuit of Odell Beckham Jr. That is still very much a thing.
3: If anything, Odell Beckham Jr.'s signing would affect James Washington more correct. than anything. That is correct. It, uh, Not it in would the affect universe. his yeah. It would affect <laughs> his role and how much he's utilized correct. and where he would go if the Cowboys elected to go and sign Odell Beckham Jr. and vice versa. Odell Beckham Jr. elects to sign with the Cowboys because he does have other suitors: the Giants, the Bills, the Chiefs, all in that conversation. And of course, the Cowboys have been the most talked about, one of them. But you also brought up Michael Gallup. And mm-hmm. I, I liked what I saw about f- from Michael Gallup oh, yeah. on Thursday. Oh, you talk yeah. about using him as a possession receiver. Oh, yeah. He showed that again. He's got those clamps, he's got those hands. I mean, <laughs> and he gave them to you
4: on hands. Thursday.
3: He caught those hands, right?
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, eight targets, five receptions, 63 yards, which is a season high in all three of those categories for Michael Gallup. When you watched the film, Isaiah, and you went back and you kind of looked at it, his yards per target was hefty down. I mean, it was heftily down. However, is that the new role that Michael Gallup could find in this offense to allow him to be utilized more?
2: I think it's how they're utilizing him. I don't think that that Michael Gallup lacks any area of his game. Mm-hmm to be effective in any role that they put that they you choose to utilize him in. Even
3: after the injury?
2: Even after the injury. Okay. I think he still has ability to get down the field. I, I don't think that he has hundred percent confidence yet in that, but I think that he still possesses that ability. So we as we talked about James Washington and him trying to come back, you know, I I was in that same position coming off a foot injury. Like it takes a minute, like in practice and in training, like these are all calculated steps. Everything that I'm doing is calculated. I might be doing it quote unquote full speed, but I'm calculating how I'm going to put my foot down, how hard I'm going to press. In the game, is instinctive. Just gotta play. It's instinctive, and there's going to be something that you do in the game that's instinctive that you're like, "Ooh, crap!" And you do it. You're like, "It didn't hurt." Right. It didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and you're good you know you're like okay here we go let's it's like go. a quarterback taking that first hit Absolutely. a running back yeah. taking that first hit but of the you, season you prove something to yourself yeah right. and because you're not calculating anymore now you're back to you know you're back to reacting you're back to playing the game so much like that i think there's gonna be something like that for Gallup where he just goes out and he gases on somebody he's like oh crap like, you think that's already happened i don't think that i don't think he's hit that side. sixth gear yet Okay. I don't think he's hit his six gear yet. I think he uses his five, and his five is faster than most most six. So I think that once he's going to hit, there's going to be something that happens where he hits that six gear, and everybody's like, "Oh crap!" Right. There it goes RG. Right in now,
4: the, the version of Gallup we're seeing is that possession guy with the big with the freaking Lego hands and in the ballerina toes. You saw yeah, what he did in Los Angeles toes. against the Rams. Yeah. He's he's showing every aspect of his game that people had questions about exactly. because coming into 2022, the big thing was, "Oh well, he's just a go guy." Yep. Right. Okay, well, now you're seeing he can do everything, which I think sets the stage for, for him, him going back to goal. being a Absolutely. goal guy. So. His, uh,
2: he, he, his hands, what you were talking about, his, the hands that he displayed, these were not chest catches. Oh, no. These weren't body cradles. These dudes, these were contested. Catches with a doggone, you know, just, I don't even know, with these doggone little spider monkeys sitting on his back. Yeah. And he was snagging the right. ball, reaching away from his body, using his hands, being strong at the point of contact, being strong at the catch, and then reeling that thing in, shedding guys off him, running through guys. I mean, this dude was playing yes. physical Big ball. Football. So to your to you guys' point, that's what he showed. And what I'm saying is he's never lacked that. They sure. just never called him to to show that. Right. right. They've never utilized him in that regard. So now they are. They're like, okay, you're our possession guy right now. Okay, this is where Dak's going with the ball in these situations. Oh, by the way, you can get down the field too. Let everybody forget about that. And there's going to be a time that we're going to see before the end of the season where he takes off on a go route, and everybody's like, God, dog, I forgot. There he, there he goes. goes. Right.
4: And that was because last season um, the possession – the, the role of possession receiver was split more so between Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb on any given rep. Fair enough. On any given yeah. rep, it was either Amari Cooper stealing somebody's ankles on a route and there you go, you know, third down conversion, mm-hmm. um, or it was Cooper on a go route on that particular rep, and now C.D. It was the quick slant, the inside of the possession yep. guy. Well, now, without Amari Cooper, C.D. has had to become more of that outside guy more of that get-down-the-field guy, and that leaves – Gallup to the to step up now. Before Gallup returned, it was Noah Brown. Yeah. Um. But now with Gallup back, it kind of moved to him. But uh, you add another receiver, be it James Washington once he gets back to form, uh, and or uh, Odell Beckham Jr. once he gets back to form, and that just it frees up Michael Gallup to get back on those go routes. But what should really terrify uh, opposing secondaries when it comes to you know not just the Cowboys wide receiver group as a whole, but when it comes to Michael Gallup is you've now seen that he can do it all, therefore you can't just simply defend him as a nine-route runner. Like You have to defend him on the whole tree. Yeah, yeah, he's got it all. Yeah, you got to defend him on the whole tree. Put some respect on him. He's right. good at it all, too. That's one of the MJ's things about 13, Michael Gallup. Coming
3: out of Colorado State, he always had a diverse route tree. He had that initially. Right. The burst is something that he kind of continued to grow into and to, to kind of learn some of the route-running ability that we saw from Amari Cooper during his time here, too. That certainly helped along the way as well. I'm excited to see Gallup hit that next gear because I think he has it. I really it's coming. do.
2: Oh, is there. It's coming.
3: And Michael, uh, in conversations that you and I have had with Mike McCarthy, he thinks he has it too. It's coming. Mike McCarthy knows that there's something else down You've the line. he have been warned. Something else down the line with Michael Gallup. That extra gear is going to be there. Now, with that extra gear from Michael Gallup, who else – could step up on that Cowboys offense and have an ex- extra gear of their own. We're going to answer that question and a whole lot more previewing the Cowboys offense versus the Colts defense. When we come back with more talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company.
2: When you build, you start with the foundation and home ownership is a foundation of a stable future
4: the bank of america community homeownership commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far with up to ten thousand dollars towards your down payment or three percent of the purchase price whichever is less the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality visit bank homeowner to learn more what would you like the power to do
2: bank of america na
4: equal housing lender credit and collateral is subject to approval restrictions apply this is not a commitment to lend
1: this week
0: Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Get ready for the greatest roast of all
1: time, The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th
3: Give the gift of the Cowboys this holiday season with the Dallas Cowboys United membership. Gift your super fan an annual fan club membership and fan pack for as little as $20. Tis the season. Learn more at dallascowboys.com slash united. Back here on Talking Cowboys. It's an exciting week for Talking Cowboys, as always, because not only are we going to be out at the stadium on Sunday. Can't wait. Say hi to us. If you're a Cowboys fan, if you're a fan of uh, Talking Cowboys, if you follow us on Twitter, doesn't matter. Say hi. Come stop by, say hi. We would love to interact with you and love to have some fun with the fans out there because – Isaiah and I don't get let out there often. Yeah, they don't let it's us like out. It's like training camp yeah. and a couple <laughs> times during the preseason. They don't, they don't let us, let out, the us cage. out of the house. They don't
2: let us out of the cage too often. No, Coming it doesn't to the happen. playground on Sunday, huh? Oh, Come yeah. yeah the playground. Oh, we a playground. Well, it's a meet uh, It's like a meet and greet. And Mary oh, yeah. going around. Myself, oh, Kyle, uh, and Haley, freaking go, Mary. Mary, Nate. Let's it's yep. going down. Oh, it's going down.
3: But not only is that happening on Sunday, but tomorrow we've got a big day because we're deciding the name. Of this Dallas defense. That's right. We're coming together. We're going to unite as a talking Cowboys nation. Yes. And decide collectively yes. what's going to be the nickname. Yes. So, it's a lot of names to go through. A ton me. of names to go through. You and I, you, we all have homework we to do. do. Yeah, we I do. I want you do. each, here's what, here's what we're going to do. I want <laughs> you to bring do. 30 names.
4: Hold on, I, I yeah. want you to
3: narrow it down, narrow to, down 30. to 30. Done. Narrow it down <laughs> to 30 names. And then we're going to collectively tomorrow, we're going to find a top three from each of us. I want you to come in with a top three in mind. Fair. Right. fair. Top three, and then we're going to debate out of those. But we, I want to read all the names. I want to read a bunch of them. You know what I'm going to do?
2: What's up? I'm going to send you guys a Google do- Google Drive document. I, mean, I okay. want you guys to just throw them all on there. That way we can all see them. I'll have them printed out for us. Yeah, it, it How it about that? We'll have an Isaiah
3: segment, a, a
2: Patrick segment. Or not segment oh, of the show. We just throw them all on there. We just throw them all on there. The whole list of everything that we've received from the fans. Okay. Okay. And then we'll have our own little. From from uh, from us, like from the this. three of us. I that like way, this. we can all look, we can just look and see what mm. everybody
3: submitted, mm-hmm. and we can kind that of is
2: especially and put, delicious. put the
3: usernames on there too, so we can say their names. There you yeah. go right, absolutely. So make sure whenever we put the names I'll on there, I'll create the file. if you have a nickname and you haven't submitted it yet, get it in there. Have an opportunity. We're going to pick a bunch of them. We're talking about it tomorrow on Say It With Your Chest Friday. Delicios, can't wait. Nine a.m. Central Pablo. Time, If you want to watch it live, <laughs> all right. I, I just asked a question going into the break, Michael Gallup. You, you expect an extra gear out of Michael Gallup. Who on the offensive side, Isaiah, outside of MG, has that extra gear, that EG, little extra gear action, putting that NOS, that Nitro. That we haven't seen? Yeah, that we haven't seen. Peyton no,
2: yeah, Hendershot. Why is that? Peyton Hendershot. I like it. Very talented, very explosive, haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. We've seen it. Take the top off. Oh,
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, He's a little bit nasty to it, oh, right? Shimmy. Now. Oh, oh, should be, should be, yeah, yeah, shimmy, he got, yeah. He walks
2: around like that. He has that dog in him. Yeah, I see you with the ODB. Hey. Um, <laughs> give him the rock. Give him the rock. He's a guy that give him the give him the ball in his hand and watch what he does with it. And I think that he's gonna be. I think he's gonna play an integral role down the road. Down the road, when when hopefully when playoffs mm-hmm. present themselves, or hopefully if we keep to continue taking care of business, playoffs present themselves. I think he's the guy that everybody's like, "crap, shoot, we worried about these other cats, and here goes this dude, yeah. right?" And I just he's just that dangerous of a guy, and they're just keeping him quiet. They just keeping him quiet, and I'm not keeping him quiet. But they, they're just <laughs> well, that, well, that's the thing. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because
3: as a rookie. Don't you need those types of opportunities? And he's getting snaps. He yeah. had a two yard touchdown. Right. There's Down four
2: road. tight ends that are all being utilized. Correct. Yeah. This is not a typical team where you're using two guys, right? And the other guys are mm-hmm. doing you know, field goal, field goal protection right. and, you know, on the wings. Like yeah. these, all four of these guys are being utilized throughout the whole game, right. special teams and offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's just kind of gotten caught in the wash. And I think Kellen Moore, I would assume and I hope that Kellen Moore has some things, him and Linda Wells have some things in the bag for a hinder shot. They were yeah. already showing it. Yeah. There's, it's starting to leak out. Yeah. You saw what happened against the
4: Giants with that two-yard handoff for Leaky a touchdown. Footage. It's starting to, to leak out. Uh, and I, I love that you chose Peyton Hendershot, uh, and I agree with that. Um, but to not double down on it, let's let's keep it in the tight end room, though. I still don't think we've seen, and I agree wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. but I still don't think we've even seen remotely what Jake Ferguson is capable Are of. I, I think Ferguson, much like Hendershot, um, not only can Ferguson stretch the field, in space, good luck. Right, you've already seen Ferguson steal some ankles. You've seen him hurdle, Air, Air Fergie, a Great Air Fergie, right? So he's hurdling guys, he's shaking guys. If you go back and look at what he did on the touchdown in Philadelphia, get the ball in his hands, he could do it in space. He can take it down the seam if you need. Um, but he's also a solid blocker as well. I think we're just seeing things get started with Ferguson, but also with Hendershot, and then you combine those two together, my. Oh my. My, my. There have been some fun tight ends as a
3: part of the Cowboys organization Mm. in recent memory. I mean, that 82 guy was. He was pretty pretty, darn good, right? I mean, Jason Witten was fantastic. He was pretty good. But as a room, do you remember having so much excitement around? I mean, (laughs) yeah, individually, (laughs) Jason Witten, I mean, Gold Jacket went for a reason. No. But as a group, Have you ever been as excited about a tight end group in this this Cowboys organization recently? No,
2: and I've beat the chair about it before. Linda Wells does not get enough credit. He's a hell of a coach. He does not get enough credit. Damn good dresser. Jim. the fact, (laughs) facts, (laughs) facts. Shouts out to check the pregame fit every week, every week. The the cowboy, the black cowboy hat that's got on, clean as a whistle. No, I and I listen. You can't say enough. There's a, there's a reason why I bring this up. There are too many coaches in this league that get buried. Mm-hmm. There's too many coaches that you know. We talk about McCarthy. We talk about the defensive coordinator. We talk about Kellen Moore. But then you got to start talking about these positional guys. Right? Yeah, right. You got to talk Skill. about the Skip Pizza the yeah. world that the everywhere... Joe Philbins. Yeah, Joe Philbins, who's, who's freaking used
3: puzzle pieces to put together. He this. knows everybody in this building. I mean, head to toe. Yeah, right. He's yeah. put these. He's put this offensive line the together Lynch.
2: for a number of years. Right, and then you talk about what, what Joe Philbin. Yeah, yeah, including DeMarcus Lawrence. He, kn- he knows everybody. Yeah, Corn Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inside jokes. Inside stupid. joke. Uh, but then you talk about Skip Pete. Everywhere Skip Pete's gone, his he's had at least a one-two punch. <laughs> Everywhere he's gone, he's had a one-two punch. Yes. The development of backs. Then you go, then you come here and you talk about Linda Wells. Name one team that has four tight ends that all contribute.
3: There's, there's one. not one. You right? And two of what? And, and,
2: and two of these guys weren't even. And if anything, it would be one of those teams that
3: you would say are. Offensive geniuses. They're next-level thinkers. Yeah. It's like the the Sean McVeighs or the right? the Andy Reeds of the world that are just next-level guys. They're not getting that type of credit no. because you're no. utilizing these guys in such a fun way. It's,
2: but it's also the, not just the utilization, but the fact that you have developed enough talent and enough skills and, contrib- and contributions from each guy on your depth chart. All four guys on your roster, mm-hmm. at your position, in your room, are contributing and active every game. And confident, too. And confident. Oh, yes. And you can utilize them in every situation. You have four tight end formations where all these guys are on the field simultaneously. That is amazing in terms of the work that he's done to put these guys in position to be utilized because most other teams in this league have three guys active, two guys participate in two two tight end sets, and the third guy is really on field goal block.
4: And they're still developing Seth Green on the practice squad. I forgot he was even down there. You know why? Because you have four <laughs> you guys four ahead guys. of him
2: that are producing. It's crazy. It's, cra- it's unheard of. Yeah. So, I mean, give him his freaking flowers and kudos to him for keeping these guys, for getting these guys ready. Because I don't think they were all ready at one point. No, no. Right? So, the, he, I the, mean, two rookies. It's, it's so not no. just you just, oh, we just had this much talent in the room. No, no, this is development.
4: You know, two rookies and, and McEwen was a developmental tight end prior it to Schultz now, was and, development. And, and battled injury McEwen did in 2021. Yeah. So, uh, no, the answer is no. I mean you could go back as far as you want to go back and the answer is no. I mean you're at best you'll find a dynamic duo at some point in the Cowboys history when it comes to tight ends. Um and, and you will, but more often than not, especially in recent history, it's been who can compliment Jason Witten. Yeah. Right. So uh it wasn't Martellis Bennett, unfortunately. Uh, you know, it wasn't Fasano unfortunately. Um it, but and then the Blake Jarwin Dalton Schultz thing was supposed to be a thing, but then injury completely derailed, derailed and unfortunately the whole thing. potentially ended Jarwin's career. We'll see if he can ever make it back in the league. Yeah. So you come into you know the offseason and you're saying to yourself, Well, you got Dalton Schultz on the franchise tag, that's a one year. Um, Jarwin is, is out of the situation. What are you going to do? Well, Will McClay and Steven Jones, they they strap up and they say, okay, Jake Ferguson, fourth rounder, and then Peyton Hendershot, which uh, could have been a draft pick, he had draft pick talent, fell to the ranks of the undrafted, Cowboys get him, and, and Peyton Hendershot told our uh, beloved Haley Sutton on yesterday that the Chiefs were in on him, trying to get him as an undrafted free agent. So the yeah. Cowboys stole him from the Chiefs. Hmm. Okay, and and now you're in a situation where you went from having... <laughs> Kelsey much? Right, you, exactly. You went from having a, a tight end room with a massive question mark yep. to a tight end room that's one of the most lethal in the league and we haven't even seen them scratch the surface of their potential yeah. yet. Crazy. This tight end room might be the the differentiating factor yep. in one or more of these potential playoff games. No, you're great. That's a... A great point, because
3: drafting Jake Ferguson, that was foreseen. Dallas, after they took their three picks in the first three rounds, you got a wide receiver, you got an edge rusher, and, of course, uh, you had the offensive tackle with Tyler Smith in the first round. After you got those three positions out of the way, the fourth round, you could have put, if you were a betting person, you could have put money, it was a tight end, Mm -hmm. and heavy money, it was a tight end. It could have been anybody there. It really could have been. So, Jake Ferguson, that selection that was made was going to be anybody that's a tight yeah, end. For sure. And that was a high high draft prospect. The steal of the offseason is Peyton Hendershot.
4: Yeah.
3: And that's kind of what that goes that's back fair. to your point of being the gear or having that extra gear. The fact that he's the steal of the offseason and he hasn't even put up stats yet
2: shows <laughs> yeah, I, just what he can do. But I think people are forgetting that Schultz, Schultz wasn't just, just didn't come in here developed either. No, he didn't. No, it took some time. You know what I'm it saying, took like, some time yeah. and some
4: time spent at Kittle's Tight End University. Yeah, well.
2: I mean, but you know, you, so <laughs> I mean, you got the coaches that, that obviously had a huge part in that. You know, off-season things, all that, mm-hmm. all those things played a part in it. But you talk about somebody who wasn't even in a conversation of being one of the best in the league. To all of a sudden, having a breakout years. All of a sudden, being franchise tag. I mean, right. that that's a there's development. That happens there. You especially don't just at show the tight up. ends. Yeah. Spot. Especially not only yeah. yeah. Not only position, right? Responsibilities blocking, run blocking, pass blocking, running routes, catching balls. They have more responsibility than everybody.
4: Yeah.
2: Think about
3: the last time you had a rookie tight end take the world by storm. It really hasn't happened. Even some of the guys that are the top names, the Travis Kelsey's, the George Kittle's, the uh Dallas Goddard's, right. the Zach Ertz, none of those guys were those guys as rookies. Look at some of the most recent guys: Kyle Pitts, Jelani Woods. I mean, Jelani Woods, you're going to see on Sunday. These guys have not been big time players as rookies, but they still could be down well, the line. Pitts
4: was—he
3: still Pitts was the the one exception, yeah, but even he right. wasn't living up to expectation that, either. That's fair. So, with that being said, Pitts has been the exception in that regard. However, he still hasn't even hit the ceiling that right. he's expected and, and to hit in Atlanta.
4: until 23. Yeah, because he's, he's out for the, for the season. season.
3: So, so tight end-wise, this room is developing. There's talent there. There are places to go. And it takes me, it takes me back to a conversation I had with Coach Wells in, in training camp. And I believe, Isaiah, you were sitting at the table. Yep. He's talking about the confidence. He's talking about the mindset that you have to instill on young tight ends. Mm-hmm. you got to be the first one to lay a hit. Mm-hmm. you got to be that one that initiates the physicality. That doesn't mean get a flag thrown on you. Yeah. That doesn't mean do something stupid. But it means show that type of
2: set grit and set the tone early. And these guys have done that, and they've opened up the passing game too. And before you take us a break, Kyle, that, what you're talking about, and i said it a gazillion times when the Dan Quinn conversation came up, was yeah. about culture. There's a culture for the Dallas Cowboys. Within that culture, right, that's the umbrella, the Dallas mm-hmm. Cowboys culture. Then you have the – Dan Quinn culture and mm-hmm. Kellen Moore culture, right? Offense and defense, right. two totally different cultures. Okay, and then within that, you have positional cultures, right? So you have to create the culture for your room. When your st- when your unit steps out there, they are now. A representative of you and everything that you've put into them and all in this entire time. So not only are they representing the, the star in their helmet, not only are they representing the unit as an offense, right, but they are representing their tight end group. So When you see them do their celebrations, when you see them come it's out in work, that is that is Linda Wells in that entire room. That is their vibe that they're putting out. And anybody who so wants to step fun. foot in that room, guess what? You have to get on board with so it. so much fun.
3: Better bring that energy That's it. So much when fun. you're dealing with the tight ends. Really, a fun conversation, and you had a little bit of time as a tight end as well, so you know the type of responsibilities. Brief. <laughs> <laughs> you know the responsibilities that Isaiah are. Isaiah was like, uh, had. "Give
4: me, give me out of here.
2: Mercedes give me little, back to the quarterback me room." Me, yeah, Mercedes was like block that three on counter.
0: I'm
4: like, "No, <laughs> give me out of here."
3: All right. When we come back, let's take a look at the Colts' defensive side of things. Are they still dangerous with guys like y- Yannick and Gakwe? on that defensive side of the football and where can they challenge the Cowboys offense.
1: When we come back, more Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee right after this.
0: Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today.
1: Little Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way, so
0: sweet, unique, baby there's nothing better, I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper, did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah,
1: and I don't even know what that is, it's a non-fungible token, everyone's done
0: something that deserves a Dr. Pepper, want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys?
1: Back to talking Cowboys.
3: Experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season: the Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza, prov- powered by Alliant Reliant. Sorry, excuse me. The every Friday and Saturday through the December 17th and oh I'm I'm messing this read up all over fan. the place this is first they changed it up on me and it, oh, it's like a change up in baseball cow. I I just started sipping it <laughs> every Friday and Saturday night through December 17th Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing or showcasing the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes, and Santa Claus too. Visit the slash Christmas for more info. That's the Cowboys Christmas extravaganza powered by Reliant. Sorry I messed that up, everybody. It's okay,
2: my friend. It's okay. okay. lion would not bother you.
3: <laughs> there have been a lot of lion suggestions for your the next game, by the way.
2: Touchdown. Yeah, That's that how it works. Yeah, it'll be a great touchdown. A a a
3: big-time throw. We've got Chris Beam in the back, Patrick Nosey-Walker, Isaiah Stanbeck. Final segment, Talking Cowboys. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, let's take a look at the Colts' defense. Isaiah, when you've been looking at the film from Indy, what do they bring to the table that Dallas might struggle against?
2: Might struggle against. Well, most likely to struggle against. Let's say it that way. I would say this defensive line is going to test the offensive line of ours. Okay. Um, from the standpoint of you see a lot of Dan Quinn. It's so funny. It's so funny that I, you know, I brought up the the relationship between Gus Bradley and Dan Quinn and how they, you know, they're from the same tree. Or Dan Quinn's from his tree, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you go back into history, and you see a lot of it. You see a lot of these these things, like man, how the heck is he getting these matchups? Well, freak, that's the same thing that we see with Dan mm-hmm. Quinn. So is it maybe it's the other way around? How is Dan Quinn getting these matchups? But you see how he's able to line up Gus Bradley, that, that is his defensive lineman, uh, to create these one-on-one matchups at the defensive end position, so that he could take advantage of his big dogs out there because he has some guys. Yep, he I mean, he, got he got, he, some he dudes. got he got some dudes. You know, I want to talk about that D line
3: because ahead. I mentioned Yannick and Gockway. Yeah. I They've do. also got Grover Stewart, who's mm-hmm. been playing really well in the interior this year. DeForest Buckner, who's a dude, dude. former top 10 pick. Absolute dude. Absolutely. I mean, he's the number 11 ranked defensive lineman, according to, to Pro Football Focus. Yeah. Don't always look at the grades, yeah, but, but he he's, has been playing well. Uh, and then Quiddy Pay, who some of you might remember from the draft show a couple years ago. He was a potential target. He was a guy that the Cowboys looked at pretty heavily. Um, but. As an edge rusher out of Michigan, he went later in the first round, and you drafted this guy named Micah Parsons. So mm-hmm. everything worked out for you. But yeah. that, those are the four guys up front: Ngakwe, Stewart, Buckner,
2: and Pay. Like and you said, they've got some pieces. And he's doing a good job of of aligning them properly so that the interior three guys, the center and the guards, get consumed. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you have to respect Buckner. I mean, you just you just have to. Otherwise, sure. he'll. Freaking tarnish you, right? Damage you. Oh boy. Uh, so he's doing a good job of making those three interior linemen squeeze, and he is isolating the crap out of these tackles. So Tyler Smith, strap up, buddy, because Ngakwe is going to be—he's going to be over your head, right? Um, and I think we're going to be—if we're going to be challenged in any regard it's going to be there because I think that they don't blitz a ton, but they add a lot of pressure, and they do a good job of con, con restricting and condensing the pocket. Um, off- offensively, for uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to really stress us in every. Well, regard. it's
4: because they couldn't afford with the with the secondary they have, and you know Stephon Gilmore notwithstanding, and Kenny Moore notwithstanding, with the secondary they have, they couldn't afford to send an extra guy. Um, and especially uh, the, from the linebacker core, neither, because Shaquille Leonard is on IR. And that is a massive hole in the middle of that coach defense. Mm-hmm. Shaquille Leonard is missed. If Shaquille Leonard is on the field against Philadelphia, that Red Sea doesn't part yeah. uh, yep. late in the fourth quarter that allows Jalen Hurts that walk-in touchdown. Um, so that that's uh, something to exploit there is the center of that linebacker core with Leonard gone for the season, um, potentially for the season, likely for the season. But... For me, all eyes have to be on a guy like Ngakwe. All eyes have to be on DeForest Buckner. Quiddy Pay might be slowed even if he does play. Uh, He was out on Monday night Mm. uh, with an ankle injury, and he was uh, limited um, on yesterday's injury report. So he's dealing with that ankle issue. Might not be 100%. So a little bit of a a weak link there. But for the most part, that defensive front for the Colts, that's going to be their their cash cow. That's their money pot. Um, They don't take the ball away uh, at a high rate you know, they have one interception as the team high between three or four different guys. So they're not taking the ball away in the air. Uh, And then you lose, like I said, you lose Kenny Moore as your nickel corner. Massive loss there. So for me, if the Cowboys can win up front, The Cowboys' offense wins this game fairly easily. No,
3: I completely agree in that that regard. And you mentioned the middle of that Colts defense. I I really like what I've seen from EJ Speed in the the film that I've watched a little bit. Not what they. He's not Shaq. Shaq. Let's not get it twisted. (laughs) However, I mean, he's by the way, he's a DFW product. He went to North Crowley High School, and then for all of you Tarleton Texans out there, you probably remember Mister EJ Speed, drafted in the fifth round, the guy who's kind of been. Under the radar for the Colts for a little bit, but now he's getting a chance to kind of fill in and plug that gap. But it's because of the, the pressure up front. It's because of that defensive line kind of clogging the way that he's yeah. been able to roam freely and play well. But I also want to talk about the secondary. Mm. They may be missing more, but they've got a guy on the other side named Stefan yeah. Gilmore. Yeah,
4: that's yeah. why I say it, Stephon Gilmore notwithstanding.
3: you got to talk <laughs> about him. And then also Rodney McLeod. He's a good safety, pl- good player. Julian Blackman. They've Solid. got some pieces there defensively. And, and, they're, and
2: they're confident. With it. I mean, you think about the old Seattle. Okay, I know we talk about Dan Quinn, we talk about the old Seattle. Well, if you talk about the old Seattle, you have to talk about Gus Bradley. Got and, to. And what he wanted to do, what did he do? He had pressure up front, mm-hmm. right? He played man coverage. And that's what they do. And that's here. what they do. That's exactly what they do. So in terms of winning up front, like you mentioned, O.C., if you win up front, mm-hmm. you have a chance. If you struggle up front, these guys mm-hmm. are gonna be in your hip pocket and everything's gonna be contested. Right.
4: Extend the coverage windows. Um <sighs> Be it Stephon Gilmore or whomever, and well, I'll say Gilmore notwithstanding, because I've seen him be able to to hang with the the best. Um, but if you extend these coverage these coverage windows against these Cowboys receivers by way of uh, dominating in the trenches against Ngakwe and, and these other guys, you're going to. You're asking a whole lot of that coach secondary to keep up with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and, and hell even Noah Brown. Right. And these four tight ends that we're talking about for two, two and a half seconds, three, three and a half seconds. The coach secondary to me and looking at their film, they're only as successful as the shortage of time in coverages. So the shorter the time and coverage the more dangerous they can be, yeah. as far as PBU's are concerned, they're still not showing me they can take the ball. That's away. why they're so dependent on pass rush. And correct, but without that pass rush, those coverage windows start to expand, and they they can be exposed in that capacity. So it circles right back to the initial point, which is what Isaiah is saying, and I agree. You have to win the trenches. Tyler Smith, strap up. Uh, Connor McGovern, strap up. Tyler Beattis, strap up. Zach Martin, hey, you know, you're Zach. Do what you do. Terrence Steele, continue to be that road grader in the run defense and effective in the past. But here's the big thing, and we talked about it this week, and we're going to keep talking about it until further notice. Penalties. No pre-snap penalties. These guys are going to come after you, and you just know it, and they're really good at rushing the passer. But don't let that get you out of your self-discipline when you're talking about young guys like Tyler Smith and Connor McGovern and, hell, even Terrence Steele, who's been fairly clean for most of the season in the penalty front. But don't go getting into a false start situation. Don't get into holding situations. Play clean, disciplined football. Hold your feet. Hold your anchor. Keep your hands where they need to be and let Dak Prescott in this run game set you up for, for victory.
3: Yeah, Mike McCarthy talked about that a little bit yesterday, yeah. and he was asked about the penalties. How do you work on that in the middle of a, of a season? Right. Really, it's discipline. I mean, that's what it boils down to is yeah. getting the discipline there to, to make sure that you're in the right place at the right time, you know what's going on, and that way you are able to execute it's been uh been fun looking at this matchup, but I think tomorrow's going to be even better. How about that, guys? Oh, yeah, we've got say it with your yes. chest Friday. Specially we're picking a nickname. S- we're picking some games. We're gonna update the standings, and then we're also gonna choose what this Dallas defense is gonna be called for the rest of time. Mm-hmm.
2: How about that for, for all times. time? We're setting
3: some trends here on Talking Cowboys. We're Wait. gonna
2: come to a conclusion. The file's created. You guys have it in your inbox. Oh, no, I've already opened Very it. Very nice. I'm good. I've
3: it's already started set. typing. Oh, man.
2: How yeah.
4: about that? <laughs> 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 gotta one-up
2: me.
3: Uh, mm. Chris Beam in the back for Patrick Nosey Walker. For Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. Special thanks to our friends over at Black Rifle Coffee Company. We'll see you tomorrow with Say With Your Chest Friday on Talking Cowboys.
1: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
0: How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!